Miami has the Dolphins. Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something quite extraordinary? It's me, the guy going to the playoffs. He's hurting because his team didn't matter anyway. Mike McDaniel's cojones. What? Okay. I, I think it. hope for your sake that Mike McDaniel runs the ball a little more. Mm, I went back and looked at some numbers here for you, and I think you're going to appreciate this. Oh, I love numbers. Give it it's mind-boggling to me that every single time that Tua has a good game, Danny, they decide to move the goalpost a little bit. Supposedly Tua can't throw. Supposedly. He doesn't care. <laughs> I think Tua can throw. I think we got to throw that that uh, that narrative out the window. I'm trying to get excited about it, but I'm too battered to allow myself the opportunity to say, you know what? It's I feel 100% certainty that we're going to win this game right now. Uh, no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. You're on mute, Manny. Muted. You see? You see? That's that's how we start the show off, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages. The battered Fins fans podcast is back to you. On an end-of-season episode, Danny, and you know, we're going to get into it, obviously, here momentarily. Uh, yesterday, you, you reached out to me and you said, so, we going live? And I told you, absolutely not. But before we get into the why of that, sir, how are we doing this today? You're doing pretty good. Uh, it's not much to say. I just want to get into this, so let's get it going. Let's get into it. So we have a we have a plethora of people who want to get a lot off their chest. And I think we should all bring it. So I said it's let's get a positive. Let's get a mi middle of the pack and let's get a full on negative today for for the show. And we and we do have that here. We have from Dolphin Thirsty Rob from the Finstock Sports Network. They are a part of the Finstock Sports Network. But then you have the 10th Street Boys. You have the Finns Bandwagon, which waited until week 19 to invite your boy, the Beer Fanatic, to their show. Evan Finstanta, Bobby Finstock. Let's go ahead and start from the from the positive. Rob, how are we doing this afternoon? Yeah, we're not doing so great, man. I don't know how much positive you want from me today after another one-and-done playoff appearance from our Miami Dolphins, despite having the roster that Chris Greer says was the roster that was built to win now to beat the Ravens of the world, to beat the Chiefs of the world. He was asked that directly, and he said, yes, this is the roster that we have ready to go. Yes, there was injuries, blah, blah, blah. Yes, some of those guys would have helped last night. But overall, it was a flawed roster from day one, and I'm upset. So I'm sorry I can't be the positive guy you want today, but I'll be as positive as I can. But, you know, I'm positive that – Something needs to be done, and I'm also positive that we have no power to make those changes. So we just at the mercy of Stephen Ross and what he decides to do. But overall, I'm still with McDaniel. He, we just have to go through his growing pains of a coach. Still with him, and it's just, you know, it is what it is. That's my positive before we get on to the people that may want to see him go. I will say I'm still with um, Mike McDaniel as far as going into next year. Well, listen, listen. You, you you went on a very strong monologue, giving away your points already. I was hoping you'd save some of those. But let's go <laughs> ahead and bring let's go ahead and bring a middle of the pack who had some very interesting uh, some very interesting takes on his post game reaction show, which obviously we'll get into here momentarily. But sir, just as a whole, how are you doing today? Besides your your wife being so wonderful in the comment section right now, <laughs> man. I'm. <clears throat> uh, it was a long night. Uh, obviously, post game went on for a while, and uh, last night you were on there uh, in the comments. Uh, it's a lot to digest, and I can understand the 
dream now of changes because everyone's pissed. Everyone. And every Dolphin fan should be pissed. And I, I've said this already, and I mean this. You know, you go on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, and you have people gatekeeping, you know, if, if you don't if you don't like our coach, don't, you know, you should go to another team. If you don't like our quarterback, go to another team. If you don't like – look, for the fans that have invested money, invested time, invested – you know, like Evan there, people can rag on him about his takes and all that. That dude flew from Canada to Miami to go to a Carolina game. He spends hundreds of dollars a year. Manny and, you know, myself, Dan, uh, Rob, not Danny, but still, no, you know, man. everyone has a right to fan the way they want to fan. And every fan sure. should be pissed about the Dolphins' performance, not just last night, but the past few weeks. This team, as you said, was said to be the team, or Rob has said, to beat teams like the Ravens, like Buffalo Bills, and so forth. And they didn't do it. They came up short. So, yes, something needs to be done. I personally, I do like Coach McDaniel. He's in his second year. I think I'm more on, you know, if you want to look at who's to blame and whatnot or what's the, you know, again, last night in regards, same thing as Buffalo and Baltimore the week before that. The difference between those games, elite quarterbacks, mm. average good quarterback. Mm. And you know what? And I'm not saying he's. Bad, I like Tua, you know, and if he's a Dolphins quarterback next year, I'll support him. But let's be real about it. Let's stop putting him on this pedestal. Let's stop pretending, you know, everybody, oh, look at his numbers, 4,600 4, yards, blah, blah, blah. Look, that was the beginning of the season. What happened at the end of the season, the second half? Let's be real. He's not terrible. He's not bad. But he's not elite. He's not great. Let's stop pretending. Let's let's. He is who we thought he was. Mm, all right, Danny Green, I see you. Let's go ahead and move on to negative Nancy himself. Mr. I always keep it real. Still not wearing his Jason Sanders jersey. Vincenza, welcome to the show. How are we doing today, sir? It's always a pleasure to be with all of you. This is my fifth podcast in under 24 hours. I'm having a blast. You, you um, mean because everything honestly, turned out the way you wanted it to turn out, right? No, because I made a prediction at after the Tennessee game. And it actually came true. And the one thing I have been consistent about since last season continued to come true. Everyone kept on telling me I was wrong. And yes, there are problems with Chris Greer. Yes, there are problems with Tua. But in the end, who's responsible for the foundation of this team when they have to be ready to play on Sunday? It's not the defensive coordinator. It's not the special team coordinator. It's the head coach. And when the head coach tells you at, ha at the half, what do you need to do better? We need to run the ball, and we need to kill the clock. But let's wait, wait. Let's run the let's throw the ball three times. He did exactly what I said he was going to do in the Bills game, and he did exactly what he I said he was going to do in this game last night. Mike McDaniel does, is not a head coach. He's a great play designer. He's not a head coach of a winning football team. If he if he if you would have hired him when you hired Flores at the same time, sure. I give him three, four years, and he could develop the team. But the the coach he is now is not the coach of someone who could take you to win you a Super Bowl. He is just not that coach. He is not that coach. Okay, okay, Danny, you heard it there from Finn that he's not that coach. So let's go ahead and start diving into this post game reaction. These boys right here already had their fill of post game reaction, so we're gonna go ahead and I guess give you my tidbit first, and then you give me yours. Leading into it, 
And by the way, yesterday when you texted me, I, I couldn't. And I couldn't come on here and talk post-game reaction for the simple reason that I like being even-keeled. I like being mild-mannered when I talk about my team because I feel that when you – when as soon as it happens, if you come on here with your emotions, you're going to start saying some outlandish shit. And, yeah, I'm going to start throwing out F-bombs and shit bombs today because – it's it's the last it's the last podcast of the season that we're talking Dolphins football, but as I, as I'm I literally left <laughs> I literally left when it was third and sixteen in the fourth quarter and they threw a five yard out. That's when I got my shit and left. I said there was no there was no other reason for me to stick around and watch the finale of this game. And when you text me, hey, we jumping on? I I couldn't because mentally. I was so prepared to see a game that Mike McDaniel would be in charge. You know what you have to do. And you know what? I liked how he came out. He ran the ball two straight times, even though it was only one to two yard gains. I like the fact that he's in his first series. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and run the ball. What bothered me most Danny is when he got into those third and shorts, when he got into the fourth and shorts and you literally have one yard, two yards to gain. And what did he do? He passed the fucking ball. Mm -hmm. He passed the fucking ball. Now, Bobby alluded to it here a a few moments ago saying, you know, Tua's not that guy. He's not elite. And and I've said this. I think a lot of people who are are mad at Tua have a higher expectation of Tua that I think the the other majority of us have. I think he's a great quarterback. I really do. I mean that with all sincerity in the world. I think he's a great quarterback. I think great is a is a stretch, but I, I right. think he's good. I think that if you throw, you know, the four thousand plus yards in a season, I think that you should be considered a great quarterback. But again, being great doesn't make you elite. Being great doesn't mean that when it comes to having to win in the fo- in the fourth quarter, we can rely on you for that. Can we rely on him to put the team on his back? No. And I get it. People are going to be like, "Oh, well, great quarterbacks can do that." You're absolutely right. Some great quarterbacks average more than eight game-winning drives in four years of football. I I get all that. But there were so many negatives yesterday, Danny, from this offense that I couldn't just come and put into a three-hour show. So I'm going to summarize it as much as possible. I was horrifically wrong in thinking that Mike McDaniel was going to stick to the game plan and um, do what our strong suit is, which is running the ball better than anyone in the NFL. I thought that he was going to control – the line of scrimmage more than what he did yesterday. And I get it. The players that's on the players to do, but I think our offensive line played pretty decent yesterday against a stout front four of the, of the Kansas city chiefs. But all in all, I agree with, um, (laughs) with Rob. I think this falls squarely on the shoulders of Mike McDaniel because his play calling was horrendous. It, It was horrendous. The whole entire game, there was nothing outside of that first series of running it on first and second down that I could go back to and be like, you know what? I liked what he did there. Getting to, uh, Tyreek involved later on our, on our on our sole touchdown. Okay, that was great, Puricard. That was a good pass downfield. Tyreek made an adjustment, got it, ran into the end zone. Outside of that, if you were to ask me, Manny, pull some positive from this game, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. There is nothing positive that I could pull from yesterday's game. What about you? Uh, I mean, I guess it's easier for me to have this conversation, right, because I'm not emotionally invested. Uh, it, I think I think it's kind of crazy that this offense. Who would have thought that the offense would is what we would be looking at as the negative at the mm-hmm. end of the year? Yeah. When 
you look at the fact that there was only one touchdown scored by this prolific offense in the last six quarters, the fact that there was only one third down converted in the last six quarters, mm. like you don't expect to see those kind of stats. Now, fair that they went for it on fourth down a few times and converted it, but third down is the money down. And they kept failing to convert third down. How is your leading rusher, Raheem Mostert, right? Mr. Pro Bowler, only getting eight carries all game. Now, I want to uh, very clear. I think Mike McDaniel doesn't get enough credit for the play creation because I think that he creates some crazy plays. The fact that Tyreek Hill is constantly in motion, that's all Mike McDaniel. But I think it's gotten to a point where he creates these plays, and I think it, it looks great. But now we're kind of questioning when he calls them. So maybe it's time to look into maybe passing the reins off to play calling to somebody else. I think he could still stick around as the head coach because I think he's – how many – First-time head coaches make it to the playoffs the first two seasons that they're a head coach. I don't think it happens that often. It's hard to make it to the playoffs. But, I mean, the way this ended, the way that the, the offense kind of faltered towards the end, I think, of course, some a lot of this has to fall on Mike McDaniel's shoulders. I mean, the fact that there was a third and second and fourth and second and then you threw it both times when your run game is your bread and butter this year. Like, I know that the, the pass game is the pretty part, but you guys have the best rushing team in the, in the league this year. Now, the one thing, and I know we're probably going to get into a, different, a couple of different things throughout the season, uh, throughout the show, but I don't know if this team is built for January. And that weather, they were having a very hard time running to the outside. The speed, when you have speed, you run to the outside. Running through the tackles isn't necessarily where the Dolphins have the most success, especially with all the injuries, Connor Williams mm -hmm. not being there. Mm -hmm. And that's how you win in January, in the trenches. And I don't know if Miami is built for that. And I don't know how they're going to address that in the offseason, but I think that that was a big uh, part of yesterday's failures also. Is you just couldn't run it up the gut. All right. Well, let, let's go ahead and go back to Evan because he, he – I mean, I'm sorry, Rob, because he's the one that touched on it. Rob, Mike McDaniel's play calling stays consistent. Consistently bad at that, but stays consistent. And by the way, you're muted before you go ahead and drop your two cents here. Um, let me go ahead and unmute you. Boom. Well, that, there we go. Now you're not muted. Um, I guess I, I, I don't, I don't want to harp on this because I prefer you guys give me your two cents and then I'll, I'll give you feedback at the end. I, I, I preached on the Friday round table on dolphinstock.com that Mike McDaniel is basically learning on the job. He's basically learning on the job. He's never had to call plays before. He's never been a head coach before. He's never been a leader of men before. So that's why I think I am more prone to giving him the benefit of the doubt that he could turn into something very special because of that one point that he's learning on the job. And in two years of learning on the job, he's led us to two straight playoff berths. Like I mentioned on the round table, the last coach to do that was Dave Wanstash himself. And, and that comes from an era where we had Ricky Williams. That comes from an area where we still had Sam Madison and Patrick Sertan and Jason Taylor and Trace Armstrong and all these legit players on the team. If you had to move forward with Mike McDaniel, how comfortable are you with that? He remains the play caller and he remains the head coach for your Miami Dolphins in the 2024 season. Head coach part, I like the... Play calling, I wish not so much. And it's not a knock against his play calling because, like Danny pointed out, he creates some really exciting plays. But he can install it during game week, have those plays ready at the disposal of whoever play calls, you know, in the future moving forward. 
that's where you wish you really had a strong general manager because Chris Greer is like a nice guy and lets your coach do all the time. That's why I, I wish like if Chris Gare is going to be here for the next couple of years, which I would be the one guy I would point out the most that needs to go because he's a common denominator for your through seasons and coaching changes. But other than that, have him say, listen, you're doing a good job, Mike, but we need, I'm bringing it, you know, you got to delegate your play calling during game day. So you can focus on the team. So you know what the defense is doing. You know what the offense is doing. Your job is basically to trust your assistants at that day. Of course, have some input, have the headset on. If you hear a play like, Oh, I don't like then, you know, having to overturn it maybe, but for every game play calling, you can see looking in the card, the whole game. And sometimes you just lose the, flow of the game and mm -hmm. i'm gonna go off topic on something bobby's wife said Tatiana, that's our biggest dilemma is on Tua being good because if he just sucked it's easy to move on from him but his being good makes you in that kind of purgatory it's like well can we get better than him or maybe not so you're kind of stuck so his goodness instead of greatness almost hinders us i just want to see suck totally because then it's an easier call to move on from him but he's just good enough to be good you keep you fishing, you know, like fishing. You're about to move to the next spot. Then you get that hit and you're like, oh, I'm staying here, you know, and that's just how it is. And that's what Tua does to us. Sometimes you think he's – that's why I think she brought up a good point. He's good but not great, and that's some, a bigger problem than, than if he just sucked. All right. I'm going to bring in negative Nancy here with uh, – I like that title he has now, Clean House. Let's go ahead and talk about that, Finn Stanza. I'm going to go ahead and unmute you so you don't have to while you're driving. Actually, you have to unmute yourself because I can't do I'm it. Right. I'm actually stopped driving for 12 minutes. I'm good. All right. I like that. So I'm glad that I came to you now. Um, clean houses, I think, is an overreach. But something that Rob said, and, and I'll let you follow back up on. Yeah. He said maybe Chris Green needs to go because he's a common denominator. I think he's built a pretty goddamn good team. Now, granted do we have the right coach in place to take advantage of the great talent that we have on both sides of the ball? That's my first part question to you. If you were to bring in a new GM at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, more often than not, when you bring in a brand new GM, they want to make a point that, hey, I know what I'm doing and usually bring in their own staff. So the first part question to you is, do we have the right coach in place to take advantage of the great talent that we have on both offense and defense? And two, do you follow Rob's comment? Would you go ahead and bring in a new GM at this point? We only have uh, the right head coach, and I actually thought about this overnight, and I mentioned it to Thirsty during his show, um, and I think I get, we'll get Bobby to shake his head and, and give a thumbs up to me, Bobby. The only way I trust Mike McDaniel to take this team next year and not just consider it a wash season coming back with the same players or the same core is to go get Derrick Henry. And the reason why I say you go get Derrick Henry is because – I need Mike McDaniel to have no choice mm. but to, to have no choice but to run the football because now your running back is 100% better than your quarterback. The reason why Ryan Tannehill wow. went to the AFC Championship and why he Preach. was successful as a quarterback in Tennessee was my because boy. of Derrick Henry. So, if because Mostert's not guaranteed to come back next wait, year. Wait, 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 wait. In all fairness, and I'm not saying you're taking a shot at Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota had the same exact team Ryan Tannehill did. Ryan Tannehill also additionally took that team to the AFC Championship. I just want to throw that out. I just want to throw Good that out. You. Go ahead. No, no, Bobby appreciates that comment. So, no, unless you upgrade the running back position to an elite talent, which uh, 
myself and uh, and Bobby wanted. The reason why I wanted it was not because Mostert and Wilson and that group could not run an HN. I wanted Mike McDaniel to be so convinced that his bell cow is an elite player because what you saw yesterday, what you saw is that a wide receiver cannot lead you to glory, but a running back complementing a game management quarterback, whether it's having a Ronnie Brown or whether it's having a Ricky Williams and you're having your Chad Pennington, it works. The reason why Trent Dilfer won a championship is because he had a great running game and a great defense. Our defense fully healthy could be great, but Tua right now, we want him to be Chad Pennington, and in December, he was no mm. Chad Pennington. No. He was no Chad Pennington. The reason why I say clear house is because if you're going to get rid of Mike McDaniel, you have to get rid of Chris Greer. Yep. The problem is if you want to get rid of Chris Greer, you have to get rid of Mike McDaniel because these half measures don't work. And the reason Facts. why I say clear house now is because the amount of available head coaches that are available now are not going to be the same availability of head coaches, of star power, of veteran head coaches that are going to be there next year. Like, you have Harbaugh. You have, you have Belichick. If, if Bobby would do this, Bobby, last night, if Pete Carroll was on that on that sideline, the Hold emotion on. that you would have seen would have been insane. There was no emotion on the sideline. The only time you saw Mike McDaniel show emotion was on a penalty that Christian Wilkins knew he was going to take. To be fair, you couldn't see his face. <laughs> you can see his face. You can see, see his face. face. You can see his face. Bobby, you could go ahead and unmute yourself so you could uh, reply some feedback there to Evan's point. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Don't cry now. No. Uh, you know, I understand it stands his point. Uh, and I, I, I see where Rob comes from, too, in regards. For, first off, for me, and I, and I know where Manny is kind of like, hey, you know, do we really want to mess this all up? Do I think we have a coach that could get the best out of everybody? I do, because he has. Okay, fair. I mean, what was Raheem Mozart two seasons ago? Look what Raheem Mozart did this year. What was right. Tua before, before Mike McDaniel? I mean, I know we're having the same conversation. Right. That we've had with Tua with Brian Flores. But what was he before, uh, before McDaniel? He wasn't an MVP caliber quarterback in the first eight games of the season. Okay. So do I think McDaniel could be a successful head coach right now? I do. Would I, you know, but if I, if you do fire the GM, I'm done with the recycling. Right. You got to let that general manager make his decision. He or he or she, whoever you hire. If you did fire Greer tomorrow, you got to let that GM say, hey, you know what? I just want a clean house. And that's where Pinstanza comes in. Do I think that you – or you could go to McDaniel and say, hey, man, let's connect. <laughs> let's connect and uh, let McDaniel say who he's comfortable with. Maybe go to San Francisco, go get a, uh, a guy from there to be his general manager and they could work together, whatever. But it's a lot of work. The, again, the, the what can help this team next season? And I'm not saying – and again, man, you said it earlier. I don't think Tua is a bad quarterback. He's not. You could win with him. Okay, but we're four years into this, and it's not about what you've done. And it, it goes midpoint. You know, we're people are looking at these numbers and they're going, "Oh, but look at the final numbers. When were those numbers really made up?" It's not what you've really done, it, and it's not what you did early in the season. It's what you've done for me lately, like Eddie Murphy. But what have you done for me lately? Look what December and January. That's why I say again, the difference in this team 
it, it, maybe you can't get rid of him. And I'm not saying two because you're still good with him. And he's a good quarterback. Great. I'm sure you can yeah. trade him. Listen, I, I know a lot of people have mentioned the fact that you could, you have to stick with him. You don't have to. He's on a fifth-year option. You could definitely trade him. What I'm saying is, and, and, and just a, a quick show of hands. So a quick show of hands, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to the, the question here that's already scrolling at the bottom. If you had to stick with Tua next year, would you do it? I say yes. Yes, yes 100%. Yes. Danny, yes. Vincenza, yes or no? Only if we get a star running back. Bobby, would you stick with him? Yes or no? Only about I don't know what the options are. So if you if you that's I'm going, the thing. With, that. I'm going okay. with that. So no, hold on, hold on. Finn stands So if I need, I know we need to address this. So if we don't get, uh, or if you guys don't get Derrick Henry, what would you get a quarterback? Honestly, I that's where I was going with it. That's two where things, I was going two with things, it. Two things. I would honestly. I change the head coach. I honestly, I would trade him and get mm. Kirk Cousins. Real, I care. Or oh. I would literally. Oh, let me finish. Or I said this. You have. But are you trying to win? I would trade. I would trade players like I would trade players like Tyreek. I would trade players that oh, are available. My. And I literally you said this last night. I would rebuild. I literally okay. this four year rebuild okay. is a failure. I, I guess. I guess that's ultimately my my question then. So I'd you don't believe that this team has any chance of winning the Super Bowl, and you're ready to start it over. That's where you're at. Team, this team, if they don't upgrade the running back position or force Mike McDaniel to stop getting away from the run game. But they had the best running game run in the league. Not, yeah, it, yeah, but what does stats mean? That's stats. The, the the running game never dictated our wins in the month of December. How do you win in the month of December? That's a fair point. That's not fair. No, don't say that's fair. That's not fair. They had a good running game. It's just They just chose not to run it. I get it. Danny, he hasn't run it. That's not on the years. running backs, though. That That's is, not on the running backs. They they produced when they were given the ball. When they were given the ball. The problem exactly. is that he get, but he gets away from them. You never saw Jeff Wilson in a freezing cold game. He's a bruiser. You didn't I said that you I said I said that you had to use Jeff Wilson in this game. I, I did barely saw Jeff Wilson. Do you but, know what Bill that, Belichick would have done last night? You know what Bill Belichick would have done last night in the freezing cold? Here we go. Here we go. Run the ball 24 consecutive times. And it worked every time for him as a coach. Even if Brady was his quarterback and it was freezing out, he didn't care if he was Brady. He'd run the football. And the moment, and basically, Mike McDaniel tried to copy Andy Reid last night. Andy Reid started throwing the ball. So let's throw the ball too. So, you understand so your, your issue isn't with the running backs, it's with the play calling. Yeah. It has to do with the play calling. And for Mike McDaniel to get out of his own way, Tyreek Hill is a star. What he, he's always looking for him. So Evan, hold on. A superstar. Evan, I, I, uh, no, 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 no. I think what Evan's touching, Danny, and maybe you're not understanding this. He's not. saying if you bring in the caliber of a Derrick Henry, if you bring in the caliber of a Saquon Barkley, if you yep. bring in the caliber of somebody that yes. is a force to be reckoned with at the running, and I and I get what you're saying, where he mostly just led the league. And I get what you're saying because you, he has but Derrick Henry. But, like, all right, fuck it. I no, guess no, no. I have to run the ball. Correct. That's he likes to point. play mad. He's not running the ball just because Derrick Henry's back there. That's but, not but what in I'm, his DNA. He likes to throw the ball. But what I'm saying is that to Finn Stanton's point is when you can't put a Raheem Mostert on the same level of a Saquon Barkley or a King Henry. That's his point. So to go to that, Danny, what he's saying is now you're forced to be like, how do you explain at a press conference? How do you explain to your players? I have Derrick Henry in the backfield, but we're not going to him. That's Finn same Stanton's way. point. He's so, been, but, but, but why does he like to throw the ball, Danny? Why? Why is he a prisoner Next, of the passing game? Let me tell you something. I, I was looking it up, and I, I, I was shocked when I looked at this. Over the last three games, 
they have three drives that have gone over four minutes. Three drives that have lasted more than four minutes. They do not run the ball. But why? Right. You just the, – the point – what what Evan's trying to say, you said, but he loves to pass the ball. Why? Because what was he before he was a head coach? Run what was his title? Run game coordinator. Debo Samuel. Look what he did with Debo Samuel in the, in the running game in San Francisco. But when he came to Miami, all of a sudden he's not running the ball. Why? Because he loves Tyreek Hill. There you go. It's Tyreek Hill. How can you not pass the ball if you have Tyreek Hill? How can you not run the ball if you got Derrick Henry? I highly doubt that. Well, you know what? I think that he's going to change to running the ball more, whether it's Derrick Henry or it's Manny back there. I think 100% he's going to change that. So I don't think you need Derrick Henry back there anymore because all the crap that he got last year, don't tell me he didn't run the ball more this year. Well, oh, they're last. doubling they're he doubling did. down on him this right. year for so, sure. So obviously last year to this year, completely different. <laughs> they ran the ball much more this year. And I think he's going to double down on it even more, no matter who's back there next year. Because I think he's learning from his mistakes. He showed from one year to the next that he sees his deficiencies and he'll change it up. And I think he'll continue to do that. I don't think you need 30-year-old Derrick Henry. It doesn't have to be Derrick Henry, but it could be a caliber of Derrick Henry where maybe the quarterback is – and the coach has shown. If you go to San Francisco and you see what he did with Debo Samuel and then he jumps to Miami and you get a caliber of a Tyreek Hill, of course you're going to want to pass the ball. You become a prisoner of the passing game with weapons like Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. And, you know, fair, again, Samuel was, is, a, is a wide receiver. He was fine. That's fair. That's fair. Ball. But what did they use him as? But he was right. used as a runner more. And that's right. why they were one of the best running teams. And that's why he was what he was in, in San Francisco. You take, you put him in Miami, he becomes a prisoner of the passing game. A lot of people thought, hey, this is going to be, we're going to, it's going to be a type of running. They didn't run it a lot last year. Yeah, he got better this season. Absolutely. Look what Raheem Mozart did with a chip on his shoulder. That's amazing. Hopefully that carries on the next year. But what did he also show at the second half of the season and into this playoff game? He gives up on it too early. Oh, for if sure. you have a player of a caliber, not a, not, let's say not Derrick Henry, but maybe in this draft, throw a name. Braylon Allen, whatever, right? You get a player who is a hard hitting and you can, or whatever, then you're not going to, it would be irresponsible not to run the ball in these type of conditions. I disagree with Evan with the balance. He was 11 passing, 11 rushing. I prefer a balance attack. You have to have a balance attack, but you can't just quit on the running game. And if you have a caliber of that player, I believe that he, it's not, he doesn't like it one way or the other. He's going to go with what wins. And he's always said, it's not about getting the players to adjust to my playbook. It's about adjusting the playbook around the players. Okay. But they like the name. But when you look at the numbers, and you guys say the numbers are numbers, but when you know that you have the running backs that are leading the league and rushing per yard, it doesn't matter what the name is. They're producing. You're just Correct. choosing this, to use that production. But that's what I'm saying. This goes back to the point that everybody on this panel right now, I believe, needs – we want to yank the play-calling privileges from Mike McDaniel. He's an innovative head coach. He's an innovative play-calling designer. But his play-calling ability is what's up in the air as a question. But real quick, I'm going to go can ahead I and come – Can I question his play-calling for one second or even his sure. play design? Can I go challenge the play design? The challenge the shit the out of me. Throw the flag. What's the problem with the play design? And it happened again last night. How many times were we all holding our breath that they were about to take a timeout, or they were about to take a five-yard a five-yard penalty for delay, for delay of game mm-hmm. because of 
the fact that his play calling is so complicated that Tua can't comprehend it, can't pass it along, and he's getting to he's getting behind center with five seconds left and rushing Liam Eikenberg. It, it's an absolute mess. I agree. So here's so we can finish off this up because we did we definitely got off topic there a little bit of Tua being the guy. Real quick, Evan, Rob, Danny, Bobby. Somebody already mentioned Kirk Cousins. I believe it was Finn Stanza. Outside of that, outside of that, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyler Huntley, Joe Flacco, Joshua Dobbs, just some of the names that are about to become free agents next year. On that list, me, only me, this is my opinion, I would not take not one of those guys over to Otunga Vailoa. So each person, Finn Stanza, out of all those names that I mentioned, are you you already said Kirk Cousins, so I won't, I'm not going to give you the floor again. No, go ahead. Drive your kid. I'm not going to give you – you already said you, – so The next person, the next person I would take, people were talking about earlier, I, I would go – I it depends on who the head coach is because if if McDaniel is there – If McDaniel's still here. If McDaniel's still if here. McDaniel's we're going still here, it's Tua. It's Tua. It's Tua. It is what it is. And like I told everyone last night, I said to Rob this morning, I, I will write off next season. If they don't go out of a powerful – Star running back next season, we the Jets will finish ahead of us. We will finish last Oy. in the division. Oh, here we last go. Here we fucking go. Wow, we will finish last. <laughs> what in the division. a hot take, man. Listen, mute yourself again because that was a hot take, Rob. I'm coming in here. All the names that I just gave you, you're taking any of those quarterbacks over no, to none Bayou. of those names for sure. None of them float my boat that they're going to be any better. They're they're all just guys, maybe you know, good. They're all good, like to a good. But they haven't gotten to what's going to get Kirk Cousins all of a sudden a playoff me, winning great quarterback. He hasn't let me done get, it yet. So let me give you a little tidbit to that. Bobby touched to this, and I think everybody who watches games, as far as from a fan's perspective, people who are addicted to just watching this team, the one credit you could give Mike McDaniel is, like he said, he got the most out of Tua Tonga Bailoa. Yeah. So no. there's potential that he could get the most out of some of these names that are on this list. Does that give you? And he like, all right, well, maybe if Kirk Cousins' ceiling has been here, maybe Mike McDaniel could get his ceiling to here. So, again, same question. Do you ha- Or are you just sticking with Tua? I'm sticking with Tua in that case just because, I mean, I, I just don't see – I mean, Cousins is okay. Could he be slightly better? But is he going to get us to the promised land, which means right. the Super Bowl? No. You know, I don't think he's going to take us to that next level. You know, and it's hard. They don't grow on trees. You know, that's why we've been struggling since Dan Marino to find a – franchise quarterback because it's not easy some team green bay falls out of bed and finds a franchise quarterback you know as far and i'm not saying jordan love is i'm right. just saying right went from brett Favre to aaron Rodgers, and now and you know jordan love is showing some promise so it's just like you know it's been decades since you know i just Listen. don't want Tua to become like Brian Tannehill 2.0, not comparing their well, styles. I don't, play, I, I don't like, know i i think we're there already because i i, I touched on this rob that i said you're in a position where you remember where they gave Ryan Tannehill that new contract. They gave him that new contract based yeah. off of how well he did in his first year with Adam Gase. But then more so, there was nobody else to give that money to. And that's kind of we're in the same predicament now with Tua, that those are the only two comparable things. That we're in a position where it's like, who else would you give that money to? So real quick, before I get uh, Bobby back in here, and then we'll go to Danny. Would you draft another quarterback in this upcoming season. And by God, don't you dare say that you're going to draft somebody in the first round at quarterback. I just meant, would you draft another one in this draft? For me, I would draft 
a quarterback. There was an old GM that says you draft a quarterback every year until you have a quarterback because you right. can never have enough quarterbacks. So I would draft a quarterback every year at some point before the sixth or seventh round, somewhere within the first five rounds. Pick some talented guy that you think could make a difference because at worst you got a backup quarterback, third string emergency quarterback, whatever that can be on your roster and develop. And you may just hit that diamond in the rough, finding the needle in the haystack because that happens. There's you can look at a few guys around the league that weren't necessarily first round picks that you can find Facts. out there, you know, and lead your team to the promised land. So I would draft a quarterback every single year and there'd be competition at, until you get a damn arena or mm. someone like that. You would have competition every year at that position and let the best man win moving forward instead of just having an anointed one, because we made Tannehill anointed one. We've made two of the anointed one, bring in competition where they're not anointed, make them play for their job, make them know that, Hey, I got to have a good training camp, good off season, or, you know, Joe Smith behind me might be the quarterback of the future, you know? So I like that. I want. So. All right, Bobby, I'm bringing you back up. I remember a certain gentleman by the name of Pete Carroll brought in Matt Flynn, I believe on a $50 million contract. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then then a gentleman by the name of uh, Russell Wilson took his starting job, even as week one of that season. So same question to you. Anybody on that list, take out to you. You say, you know what? I'll bring them in a little bit more exciting than Tua Tungavailoa. And additionally, would you draft a quarterback in this upcoming year's draft? So first with the free agent list, there's nobody really on this list that could replace Tua. Mm -hmm. uh, the only name, again, is what Evan, Kirk Cousins. I could see that, you know, but the uh, it, to me, it's not about replacing him with a free agent because there's nobody who you could think could do better. It's about pushing him. You get a core if you get a quarterback, you got to find someone who could push him. Kirk Cousins for sure, but if you go lower than that, you know Baker Mayfield, he's probably going to be franchise tagged by by Tampa Bay. Okay, mm -hmm. that, that's the truth. Honestly, there's only there besides Kirk, there's one name that I think could push him. Yeah, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill. Oh. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not. Hey, yes. I'm just, can you? I'm telling you. If it, you know he, you don't project him as a starter. You bring him in, right. but could he push him in preseason? Could he? You know, you know, you know the fan base, whatever. That's the only thing. Now drafting quarterback, I yeah okay. I would say drafting quarterback. I'm with Rob. I, my belief is you draft the quarterback every season until you hit one. Uh, not first round. You know, sure. there's bigger needs. You don't need Correct. to draft the quarterback. Need is quarterback is not a need. That's give me a, a tackle that can play 17 games. Give me a guard give me, that can play 17 yeah. games. Give me a tackle who can play offensive, any uh, tackle and guard. Get me a defensive lineman because who knows what happens with Christian Wilkin. A linebacker. Hey, you know, there's more, there, you know, there's bi bigger needs than quarterback, but don't ignore the quarterback position because we know what, you know, you just, maybe if you do that, like you said, Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson. Uh, what was it? Uh, RG3 and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Draft you know, the same you get year a, by the same team. Draft the same year. But you know, obviously, you draft the quarterback and you know you have your guy in there. You 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 trust him, whatever. You put him in there. Now he starts you get another guy who comes in, replaces, and we go to the promise line. Things have happened. So yes, draft the quarterback, not first round. And if you're gonna sign a guy in free agency, you sign a guy not to be the backup, but to push your starting quarterback. I like that. Danny, my co-host, my friend of 20 odd years. Sir, obviously I know how you feel about Tua. 
I think you've been listen. You've you've defended Tua when others haven't defended Tua, and that's from a, a Jets perspective. That's from a bipartisan fans perspective. But from that free agent list, anybody that you said, you know what, I bring in that guy to compete with Tua and potentially take a starting job. Absolutely. Do, do you stick pat with what you got and draft a quarterback in some round this upcoming year? No, no. I, I'm maybe draft a quarterback late for sure. But um, like you said, the last twenty years we've been talking is Tua. Not the best that both of our franchises, the Jets and Dolphins, is Tua not the best quarterback over those last two decades for any one of those teams? Yes. I would kill for Tua. I mean, maybe maybe if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, maybe I finally got one. But Tua has been the best over the last two decades. And I think people forget that it's not easy to find a 4,000-yard passer. And I get it that maybe he hasn't come up big in these games. But Peyton Manning didn't come big big up in – didn't come up big in those for a while either. And I'm not comparing them to Peyton Manning. No, I don't. I'm just don't. saying, when it comes to these big games, it takes a while for them to come around. He's really been starting and balling for two years. 4,000-plus yards? Like, just after that Jets game, when they won 30-0, to zero, everybody's like, oh, look, he doesn't need Tyreek. Ha-ha, take that. Everybody's uh, saying it's Tyreek. Uh, it's Tua, F-U. Oh, Tua, Tua, Tua. And, and all of a sudden, everybody's like, get rid of Tua. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's been a month, guys. Like, I get it, but the play calling wasn't great. The defenses that you guys were playing with were above average. The defense didn't help, obviously. Like, I, I just think that it's it's, no. it's wild. It's wild. No, 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 no. Do not. No, no, doll. The first topic we could ever disagree on. Hell no. All right. In Colorado? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, obviously, we all think Tua should remain the guy no matter what. Obviously, he's under the fifth-year option. Danny? We talked in the offseason that that was probably the best thing the Dolphins could have done is pick up that fifth-year option. For sure. So you, so you could give them another year to prove it. Now, some people are saying, Danny, some people are saying there's murmurs, there's rumors going on that they're going to pay them this offseason because they want to free up some cap space and have a flexible cap moving forward to pay these other guys that are about to be paid. It's 24 mil against the cap right now you, coming into next I, season. That's what I'm saying. So how do you feel about that point? And now, that. now you're not just sticking to one more fucking year with Tua. Now you're potentially looking at another three, four years of Tua Tungabaya. Well, it, it goes back to, to what Fitzgerald was saying. It, it, unless you do that, you can't afford Derrick Henry. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I, I'd let him play out this last year, see how things go, because things get a lot more complicated if you start giving him a, a, a bag right now. Don't give him the Daniel Jones. I'm sure the Ooh. Giants are regretting that right now. You don't want to do that. And and I don't – I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to wish bad on anybody, but this is the first time I see Tua healthy a full season, Alabama included. So are you really going to give the bag to somebody who might not be healthy all year? I mean, he did right, a great no, no, job stop. this year. He, he, no, he no, no, I think that's he fair. He killed that narrative. Stop it. Did he one, – one season he killed it? I wouldn't say. It doesn't matter. Like he, it doesn't matter. He killed that narrative. He punched it in the face, sir, because okay. you – I think you projected that Mike White was going to get some starts this year. Mike White did, did not hit the field this year, sir. I did. Mike White I, did I, not I hit was, the field this year. I am 100% surprised that he stayed healthy all, all game, all, all games. All right, Danny, I'm going to stick with you because you're already in the big box. But, oh, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say I agree with Danny. He did not kill the narrative. I mean, it, he did a great job. It was one of my goals this year for him to play the whole season. And he but, gave it to you. And he gave it to you. What happens this year? Look, uh, I forgot I, what the see, guy's that's name. That's a what if. That's uh, a what if. Stop it. But, but it's fact, talking, brother. Right. When you're talking big money, you have to play the what if. Yeah, you have to think of it because you got to go with a whole career. You're giving a con- a big contract to a, who, you potentially your franchise quarterback who has not been able to clip it except for one season out of how many years has he played football. So he hasn't killed the narrative, brother. 
He has okay. and and, okay. and if he would have if he would have gotten you guys to the AFC championship game or if, if he would have done a better job ending the season, then maybe you consider it. But the way it ended, I don't sure. say you give up on him, but you don't give him the bag with all things included. No. All right. Well, let's go ahead because you're already in the big window. I'll go ahead and start there. As a whole, Danny, as a whole, when you look at all levels of it, don't worry. You have to worry, but don't look at just the last five games. When you look at it as a whole, is this a successful season for the Miami Dolphins? Well, I, I am a, I go against the grain when it comes to these questions mm-hmm. because, like a lot of you know, I, I'm a Jets fan, and everybody was saying for the Jets, it's Super Bowl or bust. And I said that it's stupid to look at a season that way because you don't know who you're going to be matched up with in the first round. And things happen. I think that if you would have told me that the Dolphins make the playoffs, get 11 wins, but then they end up unfortunately playing in Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes and they lose to Patrick Mahomes, I would be like, all right. I mean, it sucks. You would want to beat Patrick Mahomes, but I get it because it's tough to beat them in Kansas City. So two years in the playoffs in a row, I think when you look at it as a whole, if, if you would have told me that in the beginning of the season, I would have been like, okay, that, that's not, not a bad season. That's a successful right. season. 11 wins, losing to KC at home. All right. But when you really look at the way the season ended, I think that that's what kind of tarnishes the season. The right. fact that, that it was four like, out of the last six. That Titans game was the, was the season basically yes, right there. I agree. I, I so, think that people mm-hmm. have a tendency of just be like, oh, well, we can't look at it over 17 games or 18 games. We're just looking at what happened in the last four. It's like you can't because it's a whole season. Because if you would have failed at the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have had the chance to face the Kansas City Chiefs in, in Kansas City at this end. So I agree with you. I think it is a successful season because your goal is to win the division. Obviously, we failed that. Yep. To make the playoffs and obviously eventually get to the Super Bowl. We made well, the playoffs. It's back-to-back seasons. You have a head coach who, again, is learning on the job. And he's led you to two straight playoff bursts. Now, if that same head coach comes back, Danny, and I'll go ahead and give you the mic right back here in a second. If that coach comes back next year and gives you an eight-win season or last in the division with the Jets beating us, you son of a gun, which I'll go back to you now in a second, then we can have that conversation of cleaning house. But go ahead, Danny. No, I just wanted to clarify. If they would have told me the results – and, and not the specifics, just the results. At the beginning of the season, I would have said it's a successful season. Because I'm sitting here on January 14th, and I witnessed the last six weeks, four losses out of the last Ooh. six weeks, Ooh. no first downs in, or no third down conversions over the last six quarters or one or two or whatever it was, and only 14 points in the last two games and all that other stuff, I unfortunately can't say it's a successful season because of the way it ended. Like you, right. you, can't, you can't discount that. You can't discount how everything just fell apart at the end. If it stands, like, get ready. I'm going to come to you right now, but I'm going to read some of these comments. This season was a fail. Stats and numbers mean nothing. You can't perform in the big games. Your third-string quarterback, a la Skyler, attempts to perform better in the playoffs than your franchise quarterback did. And and that's that, that, that's fair. That's fair. I can't. I, I have no argument about that. Uh, Tatiana, it was a win in the beginning, and all it went downhill after that. Tennessee, remember the Titans? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. One of three goals achieved is failing. Fair. Again. But there, I feel like when you look at it like that, yes, it's a fail. But again, you have a brand new head coach, brand new play caller, He's not brand, brand new to everything. Man. Yeah, he is, man. He's no. brand new to this. No, you position. can't. You can't give him that. You gave him that what? last year, and that was okay. You can't give that to him again. I'm giving it to him again. Fuck that. Nah, He's brand new. No. So, Finn Stanza, I'm coming to you right now. Season success, season failure. Your thoughts. 
this is as epic of a failure as the score of 62 to 7 against Jacksonville. Wow. Hey, remember that game? And I'll oh. tell you why. Is wow. that Marino's it's last game? It's, yes. not, it's not about the wins. Yeah. It's not about how many wins we got. Last year, he rookie head coach that was rammed down my throat. Three and zero, oh, three and three, Pause. eight and three, eight and eight. Then forgot what it. down it was in the playoffs. We're going down the field to potentially win a playoff. We're getting to that. We're game. getting to that. This year, this year, this year, in games where you lost. You lost Mike McDaniel with the number one offense, which was not the number one offense. If you take away the, the, the months of September and October, and especially the Denver game, this, mm-hmm. these stats were overhyped for Tua and overhyped for Tyreek and overhyped for A-Chain and overhyped for Mostert if you took it just a November and December. Wow. Mike McDaniel's losing wow. streak. The losing Those streak. are all facts. That's 70-point game. Losing. I'm saying wow. We, That's all I'm we, saying. We, wow. We gave up three. We lost by an. We lost by three scores in all of our losses on average. Three scores. Did Mike McDaniel's performance as a coach, in terms of unifying your team when you need to win football games, they're unified. They're losing. Mike Mike McDaniel Brian Flores did more with Jesse Davis, Devontae I... Parker, oh and Devontae God. Parker than than Mike McDaniel has done with Tua. And Tyreek Hill. And when you hire, when you traded for Tyreek, when you traded for Tyreek and you hired Mike McDaniel, you did it. You said, I'm going for it now. Then you add Jalen Ramsey. You're going for it now. Getting to the, just getting to the playoff and getting bounced, even if they would have won last night and then lost again, it's an epic failure. You don't go get Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead to just we had games. like six starters missing on the defensive side of the ball against Patrick Mahomes. How Who do cares? you not? How do you not give him the benefit of the doubt? That's not on him. His what does the defense have to do with the offense? The defense. I'm just saying was, you can't consider a complete failure when you're missing six key components on defense against Patrick Mahomes. Is my point. But that, but then on to top be of fair, that, the defense did enough to win the game. They did. Exactly. They did. Exactly. They did. They did. But that's why I have an issue with Chris Greer because his depth beyond the injuries is garbage. And next year, we're going to be missing our two edge rushers to start the year. So he's going to have to go get veterans that are mediocre to begin with. Next year, if we go back with the same team and make simple upgrades, this, there's no point. In, I, all of us are going to do these podcasts until, de, until December, and they're going to be a waste of all of our times because it won't matter. Because well, me and you know Danny are taking a break. I don't know about you guys, but me and Danny are taking uh, a break. <laughs> but you don't think this defense, as presently constructed, is good enough to compete? Hell yeah. Uh, not with Cater Cohen. Not with Cater Cohen. Because they're going to lose X. They don't believe in Cam Smith. And I already told Well, nobody believes in X. No, but he's going to be cut anyway. Oh, Courtney. Kobe don't fight Courtney. Courtney. Cam Smith, they don't believe in. Channing Tindall, they don't believe in. And... The last couple draft picks for Chris Greer have been failures because they can't get on the football field. And next year, I guarantee you this: when you hear the Miami Dolphins pick, I would trade every, I would trade whatever you need to to go get Caleb Williams. Literally, I would go do that oh, right now. Vincenzo, okay. you're about oh to get God, muted, bro. Hell? You're about to get yeah. muted. Well, we don't have the ammo to move all the way up there anyway. So. Even if we could, I'm not trading up for. Ke- look, look, this guy almost crashed. Jesus I Christ, know? man! No, it did not. Did not. Listen. I stopped. Um, 
I literally believe oh that when my. we hear the first oh draft pick my. in the first round, we're going to hear the words. We're going to hear the words with the with the 24th pick. The Miami Dolphins are proud to select blah 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 cornerback who's going to warm the bench for the 2024 oh season for Big Bangie. The fact yes, if you let Evan could drive all the way to South Florida from Montreal, I'm muting him right now. I'm muting him right now only because he said Caleb Williams. Jesus Christ. Rob, please bring me back to, I don't know, something way more logical than trading up for Caleb Williams. I think Bobby and I are on the same page. We both, I think his may have even been an appearance in the AFC. Mine was 11 and six. I nailed that. That's what I predicted. I remember Bobby picked that. But I said at least. One playoff victory this year or the season's a failure. I think Bobby may have said an appearance in the AFC Championship game. Steve, I know, said win the AFC Championship. Mine was it would be a step forward if you can, you know, win a playoff game this year. That was my – so to me, yes, the season's a failure because this team was built to win now. Yes, injuries, which is an unfortunate part of football. There were a lot of injuries, but still taking that – it doesn't matter what led to the disappointment. If you want to say – Injuries led to the disappointment. End all sure. story is a disappointment to have this Listen, team. It, it's a half disappointment for me, Rob, because it's disappointing that six key players or of sorts were missing on defense. I, I, I throw Connor Williams in there. I think Connor Williams is obviously much better than Liam Eigerberg at center. I think that's a huge that's loss in offense. Failure. But how do but you? For, sorry, man. I, but let me no, say no, something no. real quick. Yeah, how yeah, do you have Eichenberg as your backup plan? The man had never Agreed. played center even in his. Junior high school days, high school days, never took a snap. And your backup plan at center is right. to have, you know, one guy, Connor Williams. Oh, what happens if Connor? Well, we got guys that can play center. Never took a nope. snap anywhere in his whole career, including youth ball, but yet he's the backup guy. So that's a I'll, stupid plan right there. I mean, that was just I agree. bad planning from the get-go. I agree. But what I'm saying is, to Danny's point, even with six key players missing, obviously Jalen Phillips is huge. Bradley Chubb, huge. X, which Thank obviously cool. Sauce wishes he could be X. Danny, well, I'll let you. I'll let you touch that one here in a second. Mm-hmm. But th- to Danny's point, this defense played very well, good enough to the point to keep Patrick Mahomes as good as they could on lock. And the offense is what failed oh. this final six weeks, whatever you want to call it. Um, Bobby. Somebody brought up a very good point. Dolphin Courtney from the Fence Talk Sports Network says, "Remind also me again." Thirsty man, he gets Dolphin thirsty. Yeah, my bad, dolphin. my bad, my bad. You're right. <laughs> um, she brought a very good point, and I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up, but she beat me to the punch. Tell me again how D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud are doing. Where are they? They're they're moving on, and they beat a team that. A lot of people are like, oh, no, that defense is going to rock the hell out of C.J. Stroud because, you know, he's a rookie. He's not going to be ready for that Cleveland Browns defense. 45-14, I believe, was the final score of that game. So all in all, when you look at it, obviously, I think you already said it. Successful season is a big no for you. But when you look at somebody on the opposite side where you have a D'Amico Ryans and a C.J. Stroud looking so good, how could the potential of it not to be there that maybe, maybe Evan is right? Cleaning house is the way to go. Well, that just shows you, right, because we we're – Every fan, everybody, no matter what, no matter what situation is afraid of the unknown, 
You know, mm -hmm. it's, oh, if you clean house, you know, look what's going to happen with this team. You know, look, we're just this close and we're going to step back. First off, yes, uh, everything Rob said is true. I My thing was 11 and 6. I did predict that. I had 11 and 6. And I said a playoff. I, I said 11 and 6, and I believe they were going to make a AFC championship appearance. But to my uh, my goal for the team was 11 and 6 and a playoff win. They didn't win a playoff game. They were a failure. So the season is a failure. That's just it. Records mean nothing. Stats mean nothing. And the end of it all means a damn thing. Because what did it get you? Absolutely zilch. Six starters missing. 27 sacks accounted for for those guys of Jerome Baker, Van Ginkle, Bay, uh, Tom uh, Chubb, and Phillips. That's 27 sacks that were missing from that defense. But our defense did a hell of a job last night as long as they could. Our offense scored seven points. The number one offense in football, supposedly, statistics-wise, only scored seven points. Throughout the season, they were averaging 29 points a game. But Baltimore, they only scored 19. Buffalo, 14. Kansas City, 7. Season was a failure. So, I, you know, when you go to Fitz Stanza's point about cleaning house, and I know a lot of fans go, are you nuts? You're talking, you're talking our GM. You're talking our head coach who's brought the uh, us to the playoffs two years in a row. You're talking all this. You're going to give us a step back. You're going to take us back. But then you look at what Houston just did, what the Texans did. We a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach who is being a head coach. He's not – I don't know if he calls defensive plays, but it doesn't look like it. But he is on – and look what he's done for that team in order Dahl needs to be on this podcast. Well, all right, Tati, we appreciate your opinion. Thank you kindly. Go back. Anyway, and <laughs> – Go back. No, <laughs> Divorce papers are in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna mail from my house back to my house. Um, but that's what shows you when a fan like Evan, who believes that, I can't knock him for it because you go to look at Houston and you see what they did in just a year time, in a season's time, to what they did. They didn't just go to the playoffs; they won a playoff game against a team. They should not have beaten. That was the number one defense in football, and they scored 45 points. If Bobby doesn't want you, we have a fat contract for you here at the Battered Fins Network, so just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, <That's interesting. laughs> I, I, I'll go ahead and let me end it with this. I'm not trying to be a positive Nancy because I don't think there's a positive bone right now in my body regarding this season. And I know you guys don't want to hear the excuses. You can't say that he's a brand new head coach. I get it. I don't think two years in the NFL as a coach is something you've never done before. As a play caller, you've never, he, he didn't even play call in San Francisco. He hasn't played call in his career. I get it. You guys are done giving him excuses. But what I'm saying is longevity in the NFL from a owner, GM, coach, quarterback, when you have those four things solidified, and they grow together, eventually, when you have that camaraderie, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, when you have that camaraderie, um, it, it eventually starts getting better, Danny. It eventually starts getting better. Vincenzo, he's about to get muted again. So, Danny, I'm going to give you one It's funny because I, I, was, I was telling you that he went into the Adam Gase playbook yesterday. He did. He did go into the Adam Gase playbook. But I'm going to give you Does, one thing. You think he doesn't trust Tua? 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm gonna give playbook. I'm gonna give you one thing. All right. I'm gonna give you one thing. Just one. Because obviously we're gonna have an offseason show in a few weeks and start talking free agency and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, that would make sense at least. That move would actually make sense. Yeah, then I would then I would give you that. Can you guys stop for a second? I'll give you a chance to say what you want to say. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, for the offseason outlook, just one, so don't get fucking crazy on me. When you look at this as an owner, put your owner hat on for the Miami Dolphins right now, realistically. As an offseason outlook, if I said you get one thing that you can completely change in the organization to make it better for next year, What's that one thing? Go. Wow. Um, I wish I would have had some time to think about this. Um, if you're not ready, I think uh, all out, all in for uh, Harbaugh is ready to go. I mean, uh, but are we talking about something realistic, or can I just say bring back no. Bill Parcells or something like that? No, like, no, something yeah. realistic. Okay, because Harbaugh. By the way, Bill, I don't Parc- think Har- Bill Parcells failed as the president for the Miami Dolphins, so don't, don't even no, bring I, up I, Bill Parcells. It was, it was just it was. <laughs> We, we, were, we were literally the Miami Cowboys. He literally tried building the Dallas Cowboys in Miami, and that failed miserably. But go ahead. Um, I would make sure that I keep Christian Wilkins. That's one thing that I would do in the offseason. I'd prioritize Christian Wilkins. One thing that I would Relax. change. Relax. I would, I would get a better second cornerback. Okay. So yours is keep Christian Wilkins. Go ahead and give him that big and, contract and I, now. And upgrade the secondary. I think that this secondary is weaker than people realize. Because obviously Jalen Ramsey is still in the contract for another year. He's getting paid good money, and I think he's very Jaylen well Ramsey, earned. Yeah, earned him, every penny. Travel. Yeah, get him to travel. Oh, oh, I, actually, I take all that back. Sure, I'd I'd hire an OC that can call plays. That's what I would do. Okay, that that that's fair, Evan. I'm gonna come to you last because I know you're gonna have a lot of great points, Rob. If there's one thing you could change in this offseason, what would it be so we could be a winning franchise? In 2024. Well, Danny stole my thunder on his very last half second comment. I was going to say, keep McDaniel, but get someone else that can cause the plays. Let him delegate more. Let him do other stuff so he can focus on the whole team, do all of that. He can install plays all week. He can... like, what is that? <laughs> no. So Danny went and yeah. I want to see his last signs. Listen, you can steal Danny's thunder right back. You know, you could, you could bring up another reason why. You know, you'd want to keep um, Mike Mike McDaniel because obviously when we get to Evan, nobody will be here starting 2024. Oh, so. no. Evan, if he was an owner of a team, wow. Evan would fire someone. Oh, yeah. That's Jeez. it. He's out, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I agree, Bobby. I agree. We're in the middle of recording. I, I would have done it. I would have done it. Yeah. Ray but, Finkel in the house. But anyway, all I know is that I, I'd say delicate – Mike McDaniel delegate stuff. There's no one player, one guy that I can think of off the bat that's going to change us to a playoff winning football team. I would avoid, you know, things that you can't control, avoid the damn injury bug, which we seem cursed at. So maybe we need a new training staff to for mm. something different. You know, who knows? But I don't know, Manny. That's a hard question to ask. There's so many things on this team. Granted, there is a plethora, Bobby, of very good very good potential free agents coming out next year. And I don't want to stick to the free agent pool because. All right. I want to say this outside of quarterback. I don't think there's any one free agent quarter person you could bring in. That's automatically going to make us a playoff winning franchise next year. Tyreek Hill wasn't a free agent though. And you got him. (laughs) Right. 
but he also didn't make us a playoff winning team. So I don't think there's a player out there outside of quarterback that can make us a playoff winning team. So same question to you, Bobby. If there was something that you could change in this offseason that would potentially make you a playoff winning team, what would it be? We asked that. I asked that question last night. And um, my answer mm -hmm. was quarterback. This I, and, why, I, and, why respectfully, and I and I and again, it, it it sounds like oh you're hating on it, whatever. You know, you know, the fact is is that the difference in these games was the quarterback, in my opinion. Josh Allen against Tua, Pat Mahomes against Tua, Lamar Jackson against Tua. I think Tua limits uh, you know, Daniel Danny asked the question, you know, does does McDaniel not trust Tua? I think he limits McDaniel. I think Tua limits McDaniel. Um is there anybody out there? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, who's coming out? Who? I mean, in regards of, I know we're talking, you know, Evans throwing out rookie quarterbacks, but I'm talking about, in, you know, out there as a quarterback that could act, that can replace him. It's not. But we've had two seasons of December uh, of late season two that has shown that he doesn't do well there. Hopefully next year that changes. But if there is one position, one thing that could change it, I think it's quarterback. Go ahead, Danny. I, I just wanted to ask, and I know that playing hypotheticals is almost stupid sometimes because, you know, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle and all that other crap that people have to say. <laughs> but, but I'm going to just throw this out here, okay? And I, and I want to hear what you guys think, right? Because we're talking about Tua, and Tua's not the guy because he can't win us a playoff game, right? So just mm -hmm. bear with me here. If the Dolphins' defense doesn't have a breakdown and they blow that lead to the Titans on Monday Night Football, the Dolphins go in as the second seed. They host a playoff game, possibly against the Steelers. I think we can all agree that at home, you probably beat the Steelers with Pickett as the quarterback. Same team. Mason Rudolph, I believe, is even same, the one that's oh, going to be playing. Okay, there you go. Mason Rudolph to go. Whatever. So same team, just about the same results, but mm -hmm. you add that one playoff win, and then you go into KC the next week and lose to to or maybe whatever. You, you lose the second round. Does that change things? Does that all of a sudden make Tua, oh, he won us a playoff game? Maybe we like him now? No. No, you don't think so? Because I think that you guys are playing and the there's results. Not about, there's, not about, there's not about a like or dislike. It's not that at all. But no, because it's against Pittsburgh. And and you just and here's the thing. Manny keeps bringing up six players missing. Talking about Van Ginkle and Phillips and the so, other guys that were gone. Heck, and yeah. Howard or whatever. That would not have mattered against Pittsburgh? No. That's what, you know what I'm saying. So the Bills are gonna kick their ass. Well, and that's that's the thing. So it's like we you said hypotheticals suck, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, but you you know you look at the final numbers of the season. I mean, again, you look at his numbers throughout the season to who achieved it. Sorry, he's now let's see number one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mike B, but fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But no, it's short to answer your short uh, your answer short. Uh, yeah, is I don't know. It would it would have mattered. Finn Stanza. The floor is finally yours with all the ridiculous comments you've been saying back there. God help Sir. us. No, no, no. See, I'm glad you're muted. You're muted. Nobody <laughs> can hear you right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Still muted. <laughs> me. What do you want from me? There we go. Oh, so you, muted Stanza, me. The, you, you have a whole lot of uh you had a whole lot of comments back there without saying much. You had Pictionary going on in the background. Yeah. One offseason change that you would love to see. So the my 2024-25 Miami Dolphins are a winning franchise. What would it be? 
Um, clean house. Mean that fire your head coach, fire your general manager. And the reason why I say this is that I believe that Mike McDaniel should be fired for keeping Danny Crossman. That Oof. was asinine in itself that he did that. The fact that he's yet to hold any of his players to task. The fact that in the month of December, you took a three-game lead and you flushed it completely down the toilet. And next year, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, a better C.J. Stroud. The AFC is going to be tougher this, this next year than it was this year. And unless you make a significant improvement in your backfield and you solidify a defense that is not willing to basically have the clock eaten alive, that was the problem, I think, with Vic Fangio, is that he would allow for long, sustained drives, but then sort of give the ball back to the Dolphins, but then the Dolphins would come off the field in 35 seconds. Right. So right now, in the end, Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer built a two-year window after giving Flores three years in a rebuild. This is the fifth year of the rebuild, and we're no better off than we were when we were 9-8 and eight with the wet football in Tennessee. Last you- night was as bad as the wet football game that Bobby was at in Tennessee. Do you not give do you not give the fact that Mike McDaniel technically took over a Bill Flores built team? And it, like does that no because he got Tyreek Hill. Okay. He got Tyreek Hill. He got Raheem Mostert. He got an improved Jalen Waddle. He got Teron Armstead. He got improvements in all facets. The only place he couldn't improve was Josh Boyer for that one year. Everywhere else he had the opportunity to do what he wanted. And also, remember this. Mike, how many people want to hire Mike McDaniel? How many people interviewed Mike McDaniel? Bobby, who want? did you and I want a rookie head coach or did we want a veteran head coach? I did. Listen, I didn't. I, I, my guy, and Danny could tell you this, my guy that I wanted to go for was Doug Peterson. So was mine, and so was Bobby's. And look what he's done. He was, They choked down the stretch. No, too, but so. it didn't matter. No, because his team is still a development team. They have not, they don't have, they, they had a young Trevor. They don't Warren have, yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't have the talent. Exactly. They, 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 they for sure don't have the talent. Yeah, they still choked. And I, I admit, because I was, I wanted Doug <laughs> Peterson. He got Shula's magical victory. But they, they I wanted a better head coach. That's who they I were, wanted. They were eight and three at one point. And they choked. I just have to admit, right. I was wrong well, Let's there. just say this. For me, the reason why I am done with Mike McDaniel it's not about the wins. There are a lot of teams in a lot of sports. Because take, take, take Kellen DeBoer. Okay? Kellen DeBoer is about to go to one of the hardest positions in sports. If he goes in and has consecutive seasons of two or three losses, after two years, they're going to fire him. Why? Because the expectation of Alabama is undefeated, one or one loss, get into the playoffs, win a national championship because you have one of the best recruiting uh, uh, guys in the uh, there. Also, you want to know why I would go draft a quarterback? Because Tua Tagovailoa, unless you get him a star running back, which I don't see them going to do because that's not Chris Greer's MO, that's why I would fire Chris Greer, is that if did you see Tua run yesterday, it looked like he had sandbag over his legs. I think he he's ran. He's not athletic. Of, Come on, no, man. Exactly. You, you know no, this. He's, no, not but exactly. he's also running on so ice. If he's not a running right. quarterback with a high ceiling who can be mobile outside the pocket, then you need to go get a running back that is a dominating force in all facets of the game, like a Derrick Henry. Mike McDaniel, I can tell you this right now, there's no chance because Frank Smith, is, you've never seen him during the course of a game. There's no way Mike McDaniel, who is Matt LaFleur, who is Sean McVay, and who is 
uh, Kyle Shanahan-esque, will give up the play calling. And let me just tell Evan, you were you hoping for Dalvin Cook this past offseason? What? Were you hoping for Dalvin Cook this past no, offseason? No, because I didn't think Dalvin Cook was Derrick Henry. I was, I was me, I was like Bobby. I was Derrick Henry or bust. I think um, you guys are way too heavy on Derrick Henry. Oh, you like Jonathan Taylor? No, I didn't want Jonathan Daly. And at the same time, at the same time, the reason why I look at this team very quickly is the take the Rams. Sean McVay realized that with Jared Goff, you couldn't win the Super Bowl. Let's go get Matthew Stafford. Let's go trade for a better quarterback. And let's. And then what happened? They won a Super Bowl. Chris Greer tried to mirror that by saying, F them picks. Went to get Tyreek Hill. Went to get Jalen Ramsey. Right now, his problem is also his quarterback. Right now, the coach is making mistakes with this quarterback. Maybe Mike McDonald could do something better with the quarterback, but he's very dead set on Tua. He's very protective of Tua. Mm-hmm. But look today, Jared Goff. You want to know why Jared Goff is doing phenomenally well? You happen to go watch the Lions games? Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, they are hammering the rock. It's fourth, they go four on fourth down 51% of the time. You know how they you know what play they call every single fourth down, even with Omron St. Brown? Run, run, run. What does Mike McDaniel do? Bubble screen to Tyreek. Pow, Tyreek Hill. Mike McDaniel, like Dan Campbell last night, this never would have happened to. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, guys who know what to do, that's not what had happened because they would have adapted. Mike Mike McDaniel does not want to adjust. And with the defense not doing such a great moment, doing a great job throughout the course of the year, especially the Tennessee game, he's afraid now to go see Vic Fangio and hurt his feelings. Mike McDaniel is all about kumbaya. Okay. And making sure everyone is happy and coddled. When you want to bring together a championship roster, you need fire. You need anger. You need frustration. I didn't see one smash tablet. And to finish off, when Tyree Kilt said last night, this season exceeded the expectations of the Miami Dolphins, I puked. When Tua Tagovailoa said two weeks ago, after losing by 37, the words out of his mouth were, we're exactly where we need to be after we lost by 37. Those two lost a lot of my respect. And the reason they talk this way, it's because they preach the way Mike McDaniel preaches. It's all about being nice. It's all about being friends. Football and winning champ is about winning championships and winning football games. They don't they don't look like a team that wants to win. They're all flash. They're a fake Gucci bag, like Colin Coward said. And as long as Mike McDaniel is the coach, they will be a fake Gucci bag. I will Finish off with this, Danny, so we can start going around the table and giving our final thoughts. Well, and then real quick to add to, to Evan's point, I've, sure. I've said the same thing about Mike McDaniel for the last two years. I don't see him as that fiery coach, and I, I was really curious to see how he responded in the face of adversity because I felt like, for the most part, it was an up and down, then a lot of ups and a little down, but then back up. And I was kind of curious how it would happen. And I like Evan's right. I, I don't see him as that fiery coach. And as fans, I think we want to see it more than players, right? Because players, I think, like Mike sure. McDaniel. Yeah. But as a fan, you kind of want to see that 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 coach that, that holds the players accountable. And the closest we got, and I remember you sent me a text message. He's like, hey, watch Hard Knocks today because he finally did it. He kind of did it, yeah. right? He took responsibility overall, but he didn't really, like, rip into anybody specifically. I, I don't think you need to do that. And that's kind of why I told you watch Hard Knocks that day because I don't think you need to do that in the way that you're saying, like, Brian Flores esque chewing people the fuck out. He did it in a way where he could tell Tua, hey, you play like shit. Watch here, here's the tape. We're gonna talk about it for 30 minutes, and then boom, we're moving on. We're letting it go. And that's what I, I don't mind Mike McDaniels 
the way he goes about doing it. But you're right. I, I would love to see some fire on that sideline when people fuck up. Um, Because well, he, he seems like a very... That, that's the old head in me talking, though. Yeah. You know, that's the Grays talking. Yeah. But here here's my one offseason change. I agree with Finn Stanza. I don't like the baby patchwork rebuilds. But the reason I don't want to say cleaning house is the right option is because you're still going to be stuck with a lot of players that are still under contract. You're going to be stuck with the same quarterback, potentially. Um, if you're giving me a brand new GM and head coach, I'll take it, Danny. I'll take it right now. That would be my offseason change. If you're giving me a brand new GM coach partnership, a la, I don't know, like Evan said, get somebody from San I think it was Bobby. Get somebody from San Francisco. Hire Jim Harbaugh. Hire a couple Michigan guys. But I need a veteran leadership head coach. I need a GM, not a rookie GM, just somebody who's been around, knows what the fuck they're doing. Because remember, John Lynch had never GM'd, but he got in there and did a bang-up job with Kyle Shanahan, didn't he? You know, there he even tested the waters by putting information out there just to see if it would leak out. And if it leaked out, he knew who it was and he got rid of him. I need that type of GM head coach combo. Um, and that would be my offseason change. I think for the Dolphins to go ahead and move forward. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly my point. For the Dolphins to move forward and be a winning franchise in 2024, 2025, I need a veteran head coach gm combo in the building that will be able to look at the landscape of what we have as players and get stubborn old vic fangio the hell out of here and build a brand new coaching staff with veteran leadership on it and um that would be my one change um and i agree with true players the problem with ross it's never a complete gm and coach reset i yeah even going all the way back to jeff ireland he never it's either one or the other no listen i'm not saying make dan marino the, the president and have him make all decisions. What I'm saying is Dan Marino should be the only one in the building that you're keeping around. Everyone else should be out the door and you're cleaning shop. So that would be me. That would be what I would go with. If you're going to clean house, clean the hell out of it, Danny fire the strength and training guys, Conditioning coach, everybody out the fucking door. I want to see even the cleaning ladies, new company, cleaning ladies coming in there. And I want everything new. But that would be my one take. Danny, final thoughts on the season, final thoughts on this end of season Battered Fins Fans podcast episode. Uh, I, I think all in all, when you look back at the way it ended, it was a failure, even though I would have said it was a success if you would have laid it out for me in the beginning of the season. But the way it ended, it, it was a failure. Uh, I think that it's unfortunate, but all that fraud talk kind of came true, right? Like everybody was yes. fighting it off, and yes. then it kind of came true because – they beat one team over 500. It was Amika Parsons roughing the passers right before the half away from possibly not Facts scoring that only touchdown that game and possibly not beating any teams that were over 500. Uh, it, it, it stinks, um, but I, I don't see many changes coming as far as head coach or Tua. So got to figure out a way to, to build around how, them. How, and, how surprised uh, would you be come the offseason, the, the official offseason for the Miami Dolphins and the NFL that you – I don't want to say you could wait that long, but how surprised would you be that Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer do get fired? Like, what's your percentage? How surprised would you be? I would be extremely surprised. I don't. Th I don't think that's happening. I don't. Okay. You, you make it to the to the playoffs two years in a row, even though you lost the way you lost. Uh, yeah, I, you lost. I, I don't think you lose your job either, right? Be, be, because of I have a question for you guys, and I guess you could add to it with your final thoughts. Yeah. Mick Fangio, you think he sticks around? 
no, I, I mentioned this on the round table. I think Vic Fangio, and not that he gets fired. I think Vic Fangio is closer to retiring. I think he's done right. coaching. I think the only way that he gets out is that he himself has looked in the mirror. He's like, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. Yeah. Um, like you said, he's been around since the late 80s, Danny. We were we were and, fucking and, and, and toddlers, Danny. And, and, it, and it's been and it's been going, uh, it's been a very negative show, and I get why. But I don't think he's getting enough love for the fact that he was missing all those defensive players. And I know that they still got down the field, but he was bringing the, the house. He's not a, a blitz heavy coach, but he changed it up for this game. The goal was the, the, the goal was for him to be better than Josh Boyer, Danny. He filled that job. Oh, yeah. He sure. did better than Josh Boyer. You brought yeah. him in to be better than Josh Boyer. And he, so, Danny, what, one more thought. I, I, the floor is yours, sir. Sauce can't lick X's boots. Any comments on that before you get out of here? That's silly. I'm not even going to comment on that. Oy, oy. <laughs> that's, that's just silly. That's silly. Sauce gets Rob, away with more holding, that's for sure. Rob, Rob, Rob whether, he, whether he gets away with it, he does it on purpose. He's tackling people before the ball gets there. Statistically, he's good. No, stats no, no. stats just, matter, just, right? That's, that was just matter, right, in defense of Mike Courtney, who can't I know, be on I know, here to defend I know. her ex-man. But uh, final <laughs> yes, thought. I'm tired of the half measure. To me. And, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, no, I was going to say my final real thought on that. No, like Chris Greer should have been gone the minute they fired Adam Gase. They should have brought outside the box organization before Damon hired Brian Flores. They were cleaning house. I don't care if Greer – they say Greer didn't have that much of he was still part of the Dolphins' way of thinking. I want to bring someone outside the house, bring in a new coach, do that. That's where they screwed up a long time ago, keeping Greer and promoting him. He might be a nice guy. He may have dirt on Ross. Who knows? But you know, he just seems to be Teflon Don and he stays around forever. To me, that's the one guy I pick. I try to be positive, but I, what has Greer done? I could have gone out and traded for Tyreek Kill and Chubb with these first round picks. So many other stuff to me that's just like blown out of proportion like oh he's on the phone making some move well if i had an owner willing to sign off on anything i do i could do okay too i want to see the draft diamonds that he's uncovered and it's not enough of them you know that's where i get pissed i was hoping the jets would be dumb enough to fire their coach and fangio retires and he brings in his buddy to be our defensive coordinator i would love that as a defensive coordinator would be great as a head coach Yeah, that's what I was hoping that, but you guys kept him. And I understand why you kept him because you can't blame him for this year. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt five plays into the season. And and to that point, when you guys are yelling for Mike McDaniel to get fired, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, please, Nathaniel Hackett sucks. Please bring in Mike McDaniel as offensive coordinator for the Jets because I would love Mike McDaniel on the Jets. Oh, he would be there like that. It would be flopped of what my dream would be. I would want your guy to become our defense. It'd be the vice versa. We'd be facing a Mike McDaniel offense every couple years of Aaron Rodgers leading that'd be awful but anyway Manny yes I'm just a frustrated Dolphin fan today we all when are. you figure the last six quarters of football we got one touchdown nothing against the Buffalo Bills in the second half four quarters one touchdown yesterday so we closed out the season with one offensive touchdown in six quarters of football totally unexcusable and yes the defense did enough to win him and yesterday they gave up you know 26 points but it could have been a lot worse. You know, it could have been a lot worse. They been but didn't break a couple of times. Against Buffalo, it's totally on the offense, which is frustrating and special teams return. But the defense, yeah. if you tell me the defense only gave up 14 points to Joss Allen on the final game, I would have been thinking, oh, I'd take that. We won. But, you know, we didn't. And it's just, I agree. you know, it sucks. So, I don't know, man. All Always rock the Dolphin fans like all you guys. 
gun firing people because we have no authority to do so. Just let right. it round out, see what happens. But the only one, if I see tomorrow morning, we wake up and I'm shocked Mike McDaniel done, I better know that Ross has done more secret behind the backs, stupid secret squirrel stuff and tossed to his buddy Jim Harbaugh up at Michigan while he was up there watching the national championship game because Ross was there. So I yep. hope that's the only reason. And, you know, and but I don't see that coming. I am with McDaniel next year. And if he doesn't change next year, you see Ross's history. He kept Gase three years. He kept Flores three years. So he's definitely on the hot seat entering next year. But I think he gets a complete next year and we go from there. And all I can do is hope for the best, but expect the worst. I think Thirsty is learning from Evan on how to go ahead and finish out his closeout notes. At least 30 minutes of final final thoughts. Uh, Bobby, <laughs> I, I go to you now, sir. Final thoughts on just this episode, this season. Um, obviously, you have you have more content to drop in the coming weeks, but just, just want to get your, your final wrap that the Dolphin season is officially over. What's your final thought and what's your final takeaway? Yeah, <clears throat> it was a fun season, despite the finish. It was a fun season. And for football in general, I mean, all around, but especially for as a Dolphins fan, you know, uh, you know, again, 11 and six. And uh, yeah, the season in the end was a failure. I mean, they did. They, they lost the playoffs, but it was a fun time to be a Dolphins fan. And it's going to be next year, just this, in spite of what Finstans is saying. And I'll tell you why. Um, to, I would be very surprised if I woke up tomorrow and I see, you know, Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel out of the job. You know, I'd be surprised. Uh I wouldn't hate it in regards of Greer, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I'll tell Dolphin fans, if, if Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel come back next season, if Tua is still the quarterback going into next season, which 99% it will be the case, which is absolutely okay. The team has gotten better year after after year, and it will. Max. I will tell you. How it has, Evan. It has. I'm calling you now, Evan. It has gotten better year to year. Stop. Let it. him let, let him do that. It's okay. It, it makes him feel better. And I will tell you, do do you know? I know a lot of people are saying running it back. The Dolphins will not run it back. A move is coming. They did it with Tyreek Hill. They did it with Jalen Ramsey and Armstead. They're going to do it again. What that move is, we don't know. That's a great but point. Sit back, enjoy the ride. It's going to be a damn blast in the offseason. It's going to be better next year. That's all I got to say. Fin's up. Fin stanza. Yeah. The final four minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds are I'm yours. Going, go that long. Final thoughts I, on, obviously, just this episode this season and the content that you will be dropping in the coming weeks. Okay. So this season, to me, was an epic failure after the Kansas City game. When I started to see, really get convinced that Mike McDaniel doesn't know his ass from his elbows, he he would happily be my offensive coordinator. He will never be my head coach. And he will never give up the play calling to Frank Smith. We can all hope and dream. It is more likely that Stephen Ross will fire him before he gives up that play call sheet. He will hold on to that thing for dear life. There's zero. He won't do it. He just He's not in that mentality. The same way he never adjusted to utilizing the running game when it mattered in all the games. Last week in Buffalo, he could have solidified the division. And let's just start throwing the ball into triple coverage to him. Way to go to him. So for me, I will go to Temple. And I'm not a religious man. I'm a fellow Jew of Stephen Ross. He's a great philanthropist of all the Jewish causes. And I will say a prayer every night to Stephen Ross to fire Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel. Alternatively, I will say a prayer that if you are not willing to do that, then go get Derrick Henry. 
or at least do something of that effect. He's he's on that bandwagon. No pun so, intended. So so for me, Mike McDaniel has to be forced to do something because Mike Chris Greer is never going to tell him what to do because Chris Greer is a yes man. So unless you really shove it down his throat, next year I will go on every single bandwagon show if it's the exact same roster where we have average middle line running backs in terms of actual talent, not in the elite category of running backs. We have cornerbacks that are uh, Jalen Ramsey and Cater Kohu and Nick the same core. You have, I wouldn't pay Christian Wilkins a penny after that penalty last night because he is not Quinton Williams. He's not Justin Simmons. He is not $25 million of our cap. I'm sorry. That was a soft penalty. It was Danny. I agree. It was a soft penalty, but you know better is I, I think the point here to everybody. You know better. The ball was gone two and a half seconds already. Why did you shove him? No, n- neither here but, nor there. You're not going to give him the contract because of no. that, though. Yes. No, he I did would. three times this year. He did three times this point. Yeah. In the end, my goal is if they can improve this roster significantly at the running back position to force sure. the offense. To utilize that skill set to the nth degree, fine. If they don't get that star bell cow running back, which I know Chris Gear is not going to go do, fire him. Fire him. Fire McDaniel. Fire Crossman. Fangio can go from the booth to the to the old people's home. Next to my condo in Florida is the beautiful one. And can let's I use start this over. Is it by the water? I want to use your condo. Yeah, on the Atlantic. On the Atlantic. On the intercoastal. Across the street is the Atlantic. Let me just tell you this one final thing. This team, Brian Flores did more in three years than Mike McDonald did in two because he did not have anything close to a Tyreek Hill and he didn't have anything close to a Jalen Ramsey. I agree. He did not have those two stars. That's a top one corner, but a top one wide receiver. Mike McDaniel was given talent by Chris Greer on paper at a high level. And his expectation was to take that talent and take them far in this window. You're not going to get this window next year. Do you really think that the Justin, that this is going to happen again next year where Justin Herbert and a Joe Burrow and an Aaron Rodgers are going to get injured. <laughs> are you kidding me? I will tell you this right now. Same roster next year, last in the division, last in the division. So you might as well tank because at this point, wow, you're almost at your four minutes that you said you were going to go under and stop right there. Which are are hot takes. He just said just tank next season. Jesus Christ, man. If you keep the same roster, you will end up tanking. You organically tank because Tyreek's going to retire after the year. But then tank that season. Not next, next season. Ne- after next yeah, season, exactly. he, he, he's owed ninety million dollars. They're gonna have to cut him because he Look, won't Evan, I give you the I'll give you the point that I think that the window is closing and the window's closed. Tyreek is a big part of that window. So maybe if you want, I think it's drastic. But let's say hypothetically you have one year window, you still try to play it now out. Next like, year you have to go all out. You have to go get a Derrick Henry. Or oh take one. You have to go get He's on that bandwagon, baby. He's on that bandwagon. I don't think the running back's going to make that big of a difference, honestly. But oh, maybe. With Mike that... McDaniel? But, but Danny, I've watched this team intently, and everyone thinks I go crazy. He went He went away every chance he could from the running game. Every chance. I don't care what the stats say. People are going to say, to, just because two of stats are all nice and shiny because he had the <laughs> most. Who cares? Tyreek Hill dropped six to eight touchdowns this year going into the end zone. 
they tried to build a team around a wide receiver. It didn't work. Evan, your one minute pause. And you didn't reset the clock. You went over. The no, yeah, it's it's five minutes now. It's five minutes. He said <laughs> you went over. I, I was giving him kudos for staying under four minutes. He, he asked me room. another question. Danny asked da me another question. Danny was to blame on that one. Okay. I do blame Danny, Danny on that's that That's it. No more questions, Danny. Because I got to run. I had promised my wife yes. I was making a coffee. Listen, oh, real quick. waiting for me in the other room. Moving around Real quick. Finns Talk Sports Network. Dolphins Thirsty. Bobby Finns Talk. Finns Stanza. Thank you for being a part of the final episode of the Better Finns Fan Podcast. Before we take a, a very well-deserved break, uh, Manny will be in his in emotions for the next uh, few months until we start talking free agency, Danny. But I really greatly appreciate you guys because, look, you guys have always been in my corner, Danny's corner, trying to make the show as good as it possibly can be, and you guys always make yourselves available. I love the content you guys do. Obviously, I'll be able to watch you guys way more than you can watch me in the next few weeks because you guys do a lot over there. So from us to you, we really appreciate what you guys do. We really appreciate you guys always showing love to the Better Fins Fans podcast. All of you guys out right now, you guys go ahead and start having your family time. Bobby, Vincenza, Dolphin Cersei, love you guys. Here we go. Danny now comes down to, you know, I don't want to say saying goodbye, but, you know, saying goodbye for at least a few a few weeks. Um, I think that the, what we continue doing is giving people the best bipartisan outlook on our teams, on both this network and the Battered Jets fans episode, you know. Um, Much appreciated, True. But um, it sucks. It really does suck. I, I don't think I can put that into the best words right now. Um, it does suck that it had to end the way it did. Um, it was a fun season, though. Right. It was a fun season. And listen, I agree with most of the topics that this is the most exciting and talented team that the Miami Dolphins have fielded in 20 plus years. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, you still didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish, which is get a playoff victory because you made the playoffs last year. Granted, you kind of limped into the playoffs last year with having Skyler Thompson as your quarterback. This year, you have your starting quarterback on the field, Danny. And to Dahl's point, Skyler Thompson had a better playoff appearance than Tua Tunga Vailoa did um, with obviously, you know, the same offense, basically. I think there were more key members of that offensive line missing last year than they were this year. This year, we were only missing Connor Williams. But it sucks that it had to end this way because I was really thinking that we could go into Kansas City and make some noise. But Mike McDaniel made me look a fool. He did get away from the play calling. His play calling was atrocious. Mm -hmm. it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sour, at least for the next few weeks. But I look forward to our first... Uh, uh, free agency outlook here in, in the next yeah, for weeks. sure we we for the most part we usually take a month off after the end of the season so we'll be back at some point in february and uh when we're back we'll talk about combine free agency draft all that other good stuff and maybe there's some uh front office moves from here to then mm. Mm. hopefully yeah. hopefully yeah. All, all right, right sir Go ahead and lead us out of here, man. All right. Well, if you are listening on audio, we appreciate you listening all the way to the end. As always, please leave us five stars, comment, review, all that other good stuff. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you for watching all the way to the end. Please like, subscribe, share. And for those of you that joined us in the chat, as always, you guys are the best part of the show. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, we actually went, this is the longest episode I think we've ever done. Went an hour and 35 minutes, but with Evan, of course, you, that's expected. We right, because out, out of that hour and 35, Evan took up 75 minutes. So in all fairness... <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we're going to take uh, about a month long hiatus, and uh, we will be back. So until the next one, have a good one. Peace. Fins up, y'all.